0: Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max.
1: Thank you, producer Mr. E. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm sorry to start the show on a bit of a somber note here, but um, I do have sad news coming out of the world of Hollywood today. Uh, Actor Chadwick Boseman has passed away at the age of 43 from colon cancer. That's a huge bummer.
2: yeah. When Sorry, I heard that, I missed a maestro, actually, the one who told me first, he's all the cheered Chadwick Boseman died. And I kind of was like, what? Okay. And then, yeah, it really happened. Shocking.
1: I think we all remember him as the aspiring magician from season two, episode four of justified.
2: He wasn't justified.
1: <laughs> yep. He was, Shut a, up. he was a magician in justified and he got his hand uh, shot. <laughs> Took a bullet in the hand and ruined his career, and he got really angry.
0: Chadwick Boseman
2: was, because I love Justified, but yeah, was he just like in one episode? Yeah, he was just in one episode. Okay. I I actually was thinking of rewatching that show because I've been watching Yellowstone lately, so, man. I know him as Black Panther, obviously.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) Most people, I guess, know him as Black Panther. I'll always know him as Hmm. the failed magician from Justified.
2: That's sad, though. Yeah, dude. I yeah. wanted to see Black Panther too, honestly.
1: Well, that it reminds me of the Heath Ledger death. Like, you yeah. you just had this command performance, and then uh, they're taken away, and there was so much potential for future performances. And I, yeah, i was out. having that same
2: thought uh, too. Where I was almost having that like, in some weird level, he's gonna have become like you said, Heath Ledger. Where just like he had this great role, and now he's dead. And then the whole time you're watching, you're like, oh my god, like this guy died. It's So. On some level, it gives you like that legend status, but it's a sad way to get that, and it's like, oh no! But, but like his legacy will like definitely live on because of that power of that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sorry to start the show that way, but hey, we have some uh, we have some good news here from the comic world to bring us back yes. up. Was uh, DC fandom happened by the time this comes out? Like I don't know, two weeks, two weekends ago. Huh. Um, and from that, we got uh, the Snyder Cut trailer. The Suicide Squad behind-the-scenes spotlight video. Mm-hmm. A uh, Wonder Woman 84 trailer. The Batman trailer. Yes. And then uh, some Black Adam animated thingy. <laughs> kind of a teaser, I guess. And then the uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League video game trailer. And among first of all, all sorts yeah. of other stuff, too.
2: I'll say, first of all, of course, the winner of the entire video, like, host Sean sent us all a video that was, like, 17 minutes long of all these trailers, and the winner by far is the Batman trailer. The Batman trailer is amazing. That's all I, just want to, I don't want to pull any – I don't want to get our hopes too high, but
1: fuck, dude, that trailer is awesome. So that trailer was only shot using uh 25% of the footage. That's what they've shot so far. COVID shut them down. But – um they managed to string together something nice, but I doubt we got a real taste for the story in that one, you know? In that trailer. Yeah.
2: That's almost my fear, too, because I hear the same thing where that's only 25% of the footage, but of the footage we saw, I like the tone they're going for. <laughs> I, mer- I wrote it down as almost an emo Batman, but I kind of like it in that <laughs> he's he's going to be kind of, you know, a real dude who did this is not going to be like, Hi,
0: how are you doing, everybody? Huh?
2: He's going to be like, like this brooding, almost emo kid who grew up and. In- being a badass so i was like
1: it he very much is i like that they uh i like a lot about what i saw you know the tone is fun um it feels gritty and all that that's all fun but i am i do have uh, some disappointment in my heart
2: oh jesus all right why is it why
1: because i you know since bail after bail be was all oh, okay. uh humans fighting humans Right? Like, all he ever fought mm-hmm. was like mobsters and smart people and some guy who was on roids. That's all he ever really fought. Super uh, roids, but yeah. And then Batfleck comes along and he starts fighting uh, gods and, and yeah, yeah it, all sorts of crazy people and meta humans. Uh
0: huh.
1: And then now we're regressing back to a Batman oh, that fights the mob and humans. I just want to see Batman fight. Clayface, or a good Mister Freeze, or a good I Poison see. Ivy. You know, I you want to see a human lose.
2: overcome a metahuman. Yeah, which is half of his appeal that he can do that. Which is which is cool. You're right. Like the, the whole point is that Batman keeps ups half the time. Good example is the is the friggin' DC War movie, right? Isn't that war where they all fight and Batman's sitting there kicking ass with all the parademons or whatever the hell, and just just he's a dude by himself. Yeah, and he goes save Superman. He's like, I'm gonna go get our big weapon back. It just like takes over a demon and goes back there.
1: And for me, that was one of the most appealing things about the potential of uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. That whole Snyder universe was, if he did have a solo movie, like, and it did well, you know, in the future we might see him fight a Mister Freeze or a, you know, just one of those metahuman villains,
2: Electric Man or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean the way he moved. Remember how Batman moved in that one? They, they made a move very not realistic, honestly, but yes. still very cool. Like mm-hmm. as if like, like he was jumping around, like he obviously was anim- like, you know, CGI, but it was still sick. So they like used that level of Batman. But, you know, Batman is a, you know, a nitty gritty dude, like part of this movie, which is going to be cool, too. I feel like I was I remember if I was reading this in the comments or articles and stuff, but I feel like this is going to bring a more detective story to Batman. Because isn't half the thing is the world's yes. greatest detective and then every movie is just like, what? Blue's Clues? There's a paw print? Oh, the Joker did it. Like, it's just like there's not – there's like greater detective stories that are just a cop solving a crime than a Batman detective thing. So the idea that like maybe they need to bring Batman into this insane – because it's the Riddler – like this maybe this insane weird murder that only Batman can solve, I'm almost – hopefully that's how it goes and I'm, I'm excited for that aspect.
1: I think uh, I think you're right there because the creators has, creators have said that they want to bring it into um, more of a uh, like a noir detective story, so mm-hmm. like a gumshoe. You know, he's he's turning over rocks and uh, talking to everybody and sort of that stuff. And then they even based it on the comic um, Long Halloween, I think. So oh, really? You, okay. So you might get an aspect of like Hannibal Lecter sort of thing, where he's talking to someone behind the glass and. You know, getting clues from inside Arkham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it will be nitty gritty. I, um, I guess, man, they say Batman is a good, um, barometer for the, uh, social climate at the time.
2: The times? Yeah. The 60s Batman's like, and just shark repellent and weird shit.
1: Exactly. And then you go to the 90s and he's a bit more flamboyant and, like, well, not more flamboyant than, uh, 60s Batman, but, you know, he still he has an air of just kind of fantasy and showing off, like, 80s Batman, Tim Burton Batman, is kind of very fantastical. And then you move oh, yeah. into uh, post-9-11 I mean, Batman, Bale, uh, and he's very serious and somber. and pretty. You know, yeah, he brings it back down to the streets. And then we kind of get past that with Batfleck and get a little more fantastical again. And then I feel like now we're just being smashed down and if this batman is a barometer for the times it's kind of depressing
2: 2020 bro he's not the he's not the hero we need he's the one we deserve <laughs> hey dude like i for one welcome our new batman
1: <laughs> but i got to say i love the uh, wonder woman 84 trailer the one they released
2: that was cool it showed cheetah like going off
1: ah dude when she's lassoing the lightning and swinging through the air that was epic
2: yeah I like the wing thing and how she had these wings and it was like flying around and they, they dropped and she's like
1: wow, white. Like, that was
2: I, pretty sick.
1: I think this movie How is that good. guy back? What? Oh. How is well, that guy back? I think it's a genie out of the bottle situation. It's got to be magic and I think it's, I think this movie is all about, um, it's got some central story that it wants to tell as in, it's got a lesson that it's going to try to pound into you about genies and bottles and it reminds me a lot of like The Dark Knight and those stories how it like, it's got a lesson behind all the action and the Batman-ness of it all and the superhero-ness of it all. There's actually a lesson. Movies
2: don't have lessons, bro. It's just Uh, action, pure action.
1: So I'm excited for that. I think this has a good story to tell. I think that's going to be fun.
2: That Black Adam stuff always confuses me because like the rock is Black Adam. And as far as I know in the DC universe, Black Adam has been a bad guy. And so this teaser was all about, I'm a, like, I was a hero, but I, I did it my way and destroyed this, and now I'm back, and Justice Society is fighting me, but only because they don't like the way I do justice or something. So, like, he's a good, bad guy. He's an anti-hero now. I thought he was, like, always a villain.
1: I think the way I'm reconciling what I'm seeing there is uh, he's like Venom. You know, he, he's an anti-hero. He's, he can be a good guy mm-hmm. in times yeah. with, when they're... Uh, Interests aligned. They
2: did Yeah, Venom was a villain, and all of a sudden now he's like a good guy.
1: Yeah. Now. So I don't know. You know, it's the Rock, and he'll make it work. They'll. My sh- last thing I'd say <laughs> uh,
2: is that Suicide Trailer, Suicide Squad Trailer, had a lot of characters. I didn't realize how many characters are going to bring to that Suicide Squad this time.
1: Yeah, there are quite a bit. And. Uh, I, what's that? Nathan Fillion was one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the best part is you you hire these big names and they only have like 20 minutes of screen time because they're going to die super quick in that movie. Exactly.
2: Those are some weird characters, it was like Polka what Dot is, Man. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look up, oh, John Cena's in it, that's for sure. He's like, a, I, I, you know what's funny? I was meant to look them all up, but I just watched it like right before this episode. But I want to see, some, I like the DC uh, Universe and their characters. They have like some weird low-level characters all the time. And Suicide Squad brings me like, I'm very curious what polka dot man is. And I'm sure there's a precedent <laughs> for polka dot man. I don't think they just made him out of the blue. So I'm curious. There's a fucking polka dot. There's like a javelin dude and a polka, bo- polka dot man and a face mask
1: lady. And- I love how goofy some of these people look like they look straight up out of a comic book. And uh, I think that's going to be fun for an adaptation like that, where the, the world doesn't really take itself too seriously anyways.
2: For sure. And I hope they almost like take it serious in a, in a weird way in that. I think Doctor Who is a good example where they take a wacky premise and they're like, "Yeah, this guy does all this wacky shit," but then they're like, "Okay, now let's make a serious this."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so even though they're gonna look wacky and all that wacky shit, if they make like a serious movie out of these insane characters, and it's James Gunn, he's freaking Mister, you know, Galaxy gardens of the Galaxy.
1: Yep, yep. And I've heard he can do Ooh. whatever he wants in this one too. So,
2: so fingers fingers crossed. All right. Well, I want to tell you guys something interesting about um. Did you ever think about the history of bedding and beds and like how long people have been sleeping in beds?
1: I always assumed like around black plague time people were sleeping on piles of hay. Hey, how am I doing?
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I had the same assumption honestly. I had like every time I thought of old people sleeping I'm like I don't know what their bedding would even be like. I I think it would be hay or something like that. But um in South Africa, archaeologists have found a evidence of uh, humans that were making comfortable beds with uh, grass 200,000 years ago. Okay. And so what's kind of interesting about this is this is 100,000 years earlier than previously thought. So this is almost again showing how people 100,000 years ago still were, you know, somewhat smart and made, you know, comfortable beds and could actually, you know, plant and farm all that stuff. So this is almost more evidence of kind of pushing back civilization. Pretty
1: far. So, I mean, it, to be a bed, this isn't just like a nest, right? Because gorillas, excuse me, gorillas do this too.
2: <laughs> True, they do make nests. I was like, what's your definition of a nest versus a bed? Like a nest, I think it's something you like, I don't know, like make for that day or last a week or something. This bed seemed to be like kind of a, you know, quote unquote, normal type of bed. Here's what's cool about it too. Um, it was a plant-based human bedding and the beds were constructed on layers of ash. That would have protected the sleepers from annoying
0: insects. So
2: I guess ash is a, yeah. I guess ash is a good deterrent of insects. I didn't know this, but um, ash is a natural insecticide. It clogs up the spiracles insects use to breathe, abrades their e- exoskeletons, and eventually dehydrates them.
1: Wow, that's kind of fun. Yeah, right. So they weren't just like, for lack
2: of better term, stupid monkeys making a nest somewhere in the cave. This was like <laughs> a uh, like a a thought out thing. Were they to the point that they even put a bed of ash on there? They said it was also for insulation uh, to create a dirt-free insulated base for the bedding, and then also repel the insects. And it was in the back of the cave, you know, where it would have been warmer and stuff. Okay. And they even said there were even little singe marks on the edge of the bedding, so they could tell it was like near the fire. So again, this kind of, kind of paints a picture of people who, you know, on some level, knew what they were doing. Were just like, Ugh, ug, 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 like flipping out, like which on some level, people used to think. When we're like we're old as fuck now, right? Like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I bet you teach, people are teaching us that hunter gatherers existed a uh, hundred thousand years ago, and they they barely could speak, and they will you know, hands. Now we're getting all this evidence now of just lost civilizations and Göbekli Tepe, if we talked about? You know, which is like a these insane structures where we were surprised people at that time could do. So again, this uh this kind of triggered my oh man, old people. I mean, when in this case, old people. I mean, like people two hundred thousand years ago we're still kind of making camps and making good bedding and sleeping. and
1: That is very hoarding. cool. I mean, I, I ultimately, uh, I remember that story I did about, um, how, if there was a civilization, a, a smart civilization up to our standards, uh, 65 million years ago, we probably would never know about it now. You Know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's just, it's fun that we found something 200,000 years old and it just
2: kind of, Yeah, it just kind of shows almost like these ideas of, you know, you know, have a bed, go to sleep, grab, have a fire. They've been around for a long time and they, you know, they weren't really dumb about it. They they kind of knew what they were doing. And I like what the guy said at the end, too, because the research shows that before 200,000 years ago, close to the origin of our species, people could produce fire at will. And they used fire, ash and medicinal plants to maintain clean, pest-free camps. Now, we think 200,000 years ago, don't think of like, ah, oh, like caveman stuff. They're, think of that more, you know, in the dinosaur times, even though I guess humans didn't exist back then. You know, the Flintstones is a misnomer, obviously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, like, you know, the dinosaurs and humans never existed.
1: Oh, easy now. <laughs> that happened 2,000 years ago, my friend. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I got a story here. We all love, you, us three right here, we love our feptosecond lasers, right? Oh, dude. my favorite. Oh, my favorite. My, yeah. It's <laughs> to come out of the podcast. <laughs> the oh, <laughs> so uh, we've done a few stories where this laser tech has created some awesome stuff. Uh, but notably, it's been used to etch patterns into ordinary metal that can make the surface hydrophobic. Do you remember this story? Yes. So yes, So it, it made I do. metal disks float because of the way they etched it and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So a new process called biomapping could help reproduce this pattern on a large scale without using the costly femtosecond laser.
2: So we could almost make one femtosecond laser thing and then copy it a bunch of times, or I exactly. mean, just another it? okay,
1: exactly. Bio
2: mapping, you said, or?
1: yeah, it's called biomap. Is the technology, but I added the ing on it because it sounded nifty. Okay.
2: Um,
1: BioMap. So what it is is it's a liquid metal that's applied to a surface. And then the liquid consists of a mixture of metals of varying micro sizes. So when it's applied mm-hmm. to the surface, these micro metals really get down in the uh the grooves and can whatnot. It, like penetrate. Exactly. And yeah. then a catalyst is introduced to the liquid and it bonds the micrometals together. And then once that happens, you they essentially you can lift the uh new metal from the substrate or from the uh it's um, yeah the it's like, it's almost like
2: making a mold or that makes the metal the mold itself, and it just the, the one laser the one piece of metal that you femtosecond that becomes the mold
1: yes oh wow, so uh well okay, so what you do is once you once like you like peeling glue off your finger yes and then right? you the use the that and... glue to make a reverse mold, a negative essentially I see okay. And
2: then you you just start pumping metal in that mold and it's like boop, 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 a bunch of femtosecond panels.
1: And I mean, so they tested this with a rose petal and what they wanted to do was try to replicate its. How'd they uh, do that? What does that mean? Well, they (laughs) wanted wanted to replicate (laughs) its sticky yet hydrophobic pattern on it and they didn't want to destroy the petal in the process. So the best thing so about mold, yeah. yeah, the best thing about this whole thing is they can mold over anything, and then it, when the catalyst is introduced, there's no exothermal reaction or anything like that. So there's no there's no destruction of the original thing. Item. Yeah, it's it's a like, just, like it, it's it a very neutral uh, production technique. Did hmm. you exactly, mold my face? Uh, I don't know if you'd want to. I, I mean, want to get
2: every pore.
1: Every pore. You want like a super accurate death mask.
2: So accurate that someone else could put it on my. Maybe that's how the Mission Impossible guys do it. They make that just that <laughs> weird mask that looks so like them because it's like down to the pore level it could do it.
1: Yeah, no, that's all I had on this one. But uh, again, the original story was all about this biomass, this, um, excuse me, this liquid metal that could be applied to these surfaces and uh, some. Possible applications of this is making um, uh, airplane uh, exteriors that are more hydrophobic than they are right now without adding oh. without adding any sort of Wait substance to the outside. Yeah, because usually we would paint paint some sort of coating on it that would help it be hydrophobic, but then you're adding weight mm. to it. Mm-hmm. So these patterns so be, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I love the I love the idea of the patterns and whatnot, and this has the potential to really lift those patterns. Like they said, without uh, using the costly uh, femtosecond laser.
2: This also proves that the Terminator future is right. Because the T-1000, he could just sit there and replicate anyone. On contact? Yeah, he just contacted them and molded them. Every pore. And he just was like, and recreated them.
1: He was right. James Cameron was right. God, that franchise really shit the bed, didn't it? (laughs) They keep trying, though. (laughs) So that story came out of uh, Iowa State University. I was told to say that.
2: Oh, there you go. Um, I have a story that almost kind of reminds me of, uh, remember the story I did about the eyeballs on cows?
1: Yes. About how you see them on their butts that. deters predators. This has nothing to
2: do with that, but on some level, it does. In that I like the idea of doing some small little thing that makes a big change. And, you know, putting an eyeball on a cow's butt would that that hard to do, and it makes a big change. So okay. this is about wind turbines and a way to save birds. So I guess birds run into the wind turbines and get killed. I didn't know that was even a problem.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I knew that was a problem. Isn't that why they... Uh, well, okay, so...
2: I don't know. Why? why? Tell me. I what think there's,
1: there's one solution that I've heard where you paint just one fin of the turbine a different color and it helps them see it or something, or...
2: That is exactly it. Ding, ding, oh yeah, ding. basically, yeah. They have basically in an experiment, changing the color of just one of the turbine blades to black led to an average of seventy percent annual reduction in bird fatalities, measured at over three and a half years.
1: Nice. That's probably why I heard about it because I remember I remember hearing about it, but I didn't I didn't hear about an outcome. And mm-hmm. obviously, we live around a couple wind turbines, and we haven't seen very many with a black painted fin. Yeah.
2: So, uh, like, as soon as I read this, I was like, oh, that just seems like a simple solution to just kind of, you know, make technology and nature mesh more together, you know, more Star trek and in the future. I'm sure they have some force field to keep the birds away. But for now, let's paint them, the, paint them black, man. And the reason uh, the birds couldn't see it is called a motion smear, where moving objects are more difficult to get a visual lock on.
1: Huh.
2: So the fact that you have. Pretty much. Actually another story reminds me of that. I'll uh later on in this podcast when I do something about a flying car. I'll mention the motion smear again because there is something I'm like, hmm, I, I see the motion smear in the photo.
1: Motion smear. So they tested it over three motion years. Smear. And uh is this like a US test or where do they do this? Do we know?
2: I think it's Germany, but I don't there have that information right now. <laughs> I'm sorry about this. Sorry, Germany or wherever it was from.
1: Yeah, it just makes me wonder what kind of birds they're dealing with, or if that was a factor at all, like uh, seagulls versus.
2: Uh, oh a hawk. yeah, they didn't mention anything about the birds, or right? they just said birds in general. Yeah. Okay. Mm.
1: Yeah, because I imagine I mean, like a hawk would probably have a better visual acuity, and you probably wouldn't see too many. But I, you know, fuck, I'm not an ornithologist, so what do I know?
2: I mean, who knows? Like maybe he'd use it as a nest, and then get sucked in accidentally.
0: <laughs> we need Charlie Day to tell us. For sure,
2: yeah, bird loft. Yeah, exactly. uh, they also mentioned like maybe in the future they could change the position, the positioning of turbines in such a way as to avoid areas of updraft that birds use to soar. So maybe they have it in such a place where all of a sudden just like a natural suction for birds to get sucked into. So they're gonna maybe use this study to kind of figure out maybe better positioning. I don't know what that would be though. They just mentioned it too in the article.
1: Huh. Well, if you do this in the ocean, it's not a problem. Aren't there ocean birds? Well, sure, but you'll never ocean. find their bodies. Like, what does it matter? You'll never. That's find...
2: true. It'll just feed the sharks.
1: Yeah, you'll never know. Right, right. Out of sight, out of mind.
2: So, yeah, for all the listeners out there who have uh, wind farms, <laughs> paint them black. Paint one black, please. I implore you. And then also for all the listeners that have cow farms, put an eyeball on their butt. Thank you. That's true.
1: Yeah, it makes me wonder. I, w- I wonder if they tested um like patterns or uh, alternate colors.
2: They mentioned the bl- uh, the blade on the like painting the blade black was the best, but they said actually painting any little part black somewhere just usually helped reduce the the number of bird deaths. But it seemed like the blade was the the one because they keep getting sucked into the blades.
1: Right. I mean, it's all about just give them uh, the highest contrast possible. Chance. Well, because, it doesn't mean yeah. they
2: didn't die. Some still did, but it just helped some. Like, oh, shit,
1: that's that's a thing. Well, that's like thinning the herd right there. You know, uh, Darwinism. Exactly. Yeah, you got to do we'll it.
2: We'll have some smart birds in the
1: future, yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a story here out of uh, Minnesota, USA. Minnesota. As opposed to Minnesota, Botswana.
2: Botswana, Minnesota.
1: Uh, so a man in Minnesota, he pulled the community chess card. Uh, he got a banking heir in his favor. Hmm. He discovered an extra $150,000 in his bank account.
2: I would just take it all out immediately.
1: Would you? And what would you do with it yeah. immediately? You would do that immediately. If you, if you went to the bank today, and there was an extra $150,000 in there, you would ask them, can you pull out all of that in cash, please, right now?
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> okay. And then... I still would keep it and not spend it yet. And then as soon as they started, maybe it started becoming something about the money, I tied half of it. And then we'll have the lawyers decide what to do. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> and you're going to pay them out
1: of the 150, right?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Let's we'll see. we'll to see. Because they fucked up. Not me. I pulled money out of my own personal account. <laughs> so they fucked up. And I just happened to take this money that I needed for, Timmy's, I don't know, operation or something. Now, oh, you're going to kill Timmy. Or like the operation already happened. So I already, what are you going to do? Now I owe you money because you fucked up? I don't know. We'll see. I'm, like glad, said, the lawyers are-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're an honest man here because you're going to learn a thing or two right now. So, he, okay, good. This guy who found the extra 150000 in his account, he waited weeks before uh, anything happened. Then he noted, you know, the money deep. was still there. So, weeks yeah. later. And then he contacted the bank about it
2: and said
1: well and it turns out the it was a banking error and the money was for small businesses from uh covid relief for covid relief
2: oh so it should have that money was meant for someone else
1: yeah but here's the thing he waited weeks here's (laughs) well (laughs) here's what i keyed on is the idea that he waited weeks before saying anything or touching the money And, like, I'm wondering, like, how many Google searches later on banking errors and uh, felonies did he have to go through before he decided, you know what, I guess I will tell the bank about
2: this? I better better tell them. Like, it's it's better to tell them than later on they find out.
1: Yeah, because I got bad news for you, Max. Oh, what? (laughs) I don't want to know. (laughs) There was a teenager from Georgia who accidentally received a bunch of money in his account. Okay. And he spent 30000 on a new BMW. Sick. And then he was sentenced to 10 years. What?
0: what? Oh. <laughs> they fucked up! <laughs> At least buy a better car next time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, make it worth it. $30, 000, just, so fucked up, man.
0: <laughs> dude, you could kill a dude
2: and get like five years, but like, no. The bank, their fuck up is your... Dude, it's their
1: fuck up. It's not mine.
2: What is this like? Oh, you have to... You have to... The bri- is there a law you have to be a good citizen
1: i tried they to look up, up like a statute of limitations there but i couldn't really find anything specifically um mm-hmm. i'm sure there is something there where you know both parties are just so negligent in the comings and goings that you can't really blame anybody but
2: see literally you take the money that kid was stupid you take the money and buy the lawyer and then after a while the is like oh literally what's paying me is this money i need Fucking... <laughs> win this case <laughs> like otherwise the money goes away and then you know you'll still get some back like it's it's just free money like okay you get $150,000 you might not... spend 100000 you might get 100000 to to get it but then you'll get that fifty at the end
1: okay I'll tell you what it's I... their fault it's their fault by my logic I am a bit of a scumbag I was at an ATM and it's spitting out an extra twenty. dollars you better believe I grabbed that shit from the like the rusty gears so i greased up and I was like yoink but yeah right yeah. yeah that was just I 20
2: mean, we're, we're not saints man i mean dude like we didn't ask to have the extra money like it it'd be different if we're like got it like i got this hundred fifty thousand. like i take that big i did this on purpose i <laughs> you know i somehow scammed you into happening you did it to me and you know i'm ignorant i'm just ignorant like oh monkey I, I guess my great aunt died <laughs> and then he just kind of you don't know and you just play the like oh really i thought that was a gift from the bank I've been, I've been
1: baking with them for 10 years. What? It's a very, back? yeah, no, I think uh, you got a strong case there,
2: but I mean, we have to, if this happens to be, I'll delete this podcast immediately, but otherwise, um, <laughs>
1: <like>. <laughs> shit, this thing's already on the internet.
2: I know. Yeah. They already got us. Yeah, yeah, even as we're my recording personal right FBI, now. my personal FBI agent, he loves the show. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh oh my God. <laughs> I love the show, but I got you. Yeah, mystery. I know how much you love Naruto, so I just thought that was a funny little thing to talk about. So anyway, I heard you had a story, something? I'm
0: yeah, sure. I do have a story here. Bax uh, doesn't even know what Naruto is. He, does, he doesn't <laughs> know shit about the show. <laughs> I almost beat him in trivia, even though I've never seen that shit. I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, have, I have a story here that I think is going to be right up your guys' alley, especially Sean's. Um, okay. So movie prop and memorabilia auction house prop store. Ooh. They save some of their best items from movies and they auction them off. And there's a huge lot coming up. So there's a couple of props mm-hmm. from the movie Warcraft in there. There's a couple of props Ooh. from uh, Jurassic Park that are being auctioned off. Nice. Really? But the star of the whole auction is lot 19. Uh. And what's in lot 19, you say? Well, lot 19 contains the 11 foot Nostromo model ah. from Alien. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yes, that's so It's fun. a restart model and it's the largest of three models they used for the movie. And it was used in all the close ups that you see.
2: We have to guess these prices, or they're yep, yep, okay, yeah, yeah doing no, doing please do, yeah, please do.
0: There.
1: Well, so this, I want to guess the Jurassic is, uh, Park
2: props too, like what they even would be, but yeah,
1: this is very poignant because off air, uh, I brought up the Nostromo as well. And you didn't bat an eye, you just like I you just poker faced
0: anything. it. <laughs> yep, I didn't want
2: to ruin it. Well, you mentioned the Nostromo being on sale or you just mentioned the word Nostromo?
1: Yeah, because when off-air...
0: You air- were talking about the name of your boat and you said it'd be the Orca 2. Oh. <laughs> you said that'd be like calling it the Nostromo 2 or something. I see. Interesting.
1: Yeah, when you were talking about being a ferry captain.
2: <laughs> no, a yacht captain. I've been watching Below Deck and I'd be a yacht captain. Oh, You'd sorry. be maybe one of my de- deck deckhands with that comment. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> okay, so do we want to guess the price? For so the a- Nostromo? Yes, there's a current bid right now. You did so, say go what, ahead.
1: You did say what the Nostromo was from, right? Alien.
0: Yes, it's from yeah. the movie Alien. It was one of the original three props. And and uh, the link I sent in the chat is actually a video of them showing it off and going over everything. So we'll take a quick pause from the air and we'll watch that, and then um, we can put that link in our Instagram description for this episode, hopefully. Or and, I can tweet and, twi- it and Twitter and yep, Twitter tweet oh. it out. You guys could check it out. All okay, right. so let's go with host Max first. What would you guess the current bid for the eleven foot Nostromo filming model is?
2: Are we watching the video before we guess, or does the video tell you how much money it is? It tells you, I believe. So. Okay, okay, so here's my guess then. Okay, there yeah. we go.
0: He said eleven foot. So already that's fucking huge.
2: Yeah, exactly. That that's a big thing already, eleven foot. Like that's like a horse or some shit. Um okay. I'm gonna say four point five million.
0: Jeez, oh,
2: <laughs> are you intentionally okay. taking a is dive? Not my answer. That was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, really, it's um, that was a joke. Um,
1: really, uh, that's expensive. I thought. Okay, okay. Um, four. Okay, four hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Oh, Sean. I'm gonna say one hundred twenty thousand. Okay. The current bid right now is two hundred
0: seventy-five thousand dollars. That's the current bid, though. It is, yeah. So it's not going to be the ending bid. And remember that there's a 25% fee on the winning bid. So just off that 275,000, I think that's like 68 grand or something. I'd be a bad billionaire. (laughs) How much is this? Four million dollars. Plus, imagine the shipping. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, dude. Okay, so let's take a quick break from the air and watch the video.
2: More moments later.
0: Yeah, that was badass, man.
2: I like how they said that was the prop that they use for close-up shots. Did you guys catch that?
1: Yeah. And uh, how no square inch of it was left untextured. I I, I guess I, the thing that strikes me about it is how well it uh, has maintained over the years. You see a lot of props, like, just fall apart after, you know, a couple years.
2: Really? Why? I mean, it don't well, or? Well,
1: just the materials. Like, if you're using some sort of foam, Then it dries out and cracks and uh, really, I mean, prop making is just about making something that looks great on screen, Uh, you know, longevity be damned because you're not going to use it that long.
2: They look great and I'm going to, okay, my 4.5 million estimate was um, a joke. I was not serious at all, Uh but um, now I'm going to say a million though after that video. Because this is just the bid it's currently at, and I don't know when the bidding ends. But that thing is sexy, and
1: like props go for millions all the time. Well, and that thing is yeah. I mean, kind of the ironic part is it probably costs more than a hundred and twenty-five, or what was it? what the dollars
0: right Yeah, oh, okay.
1: it, it probably costs about that, if not more, to create that thing. Just considering what considering materials, uh, labor involved, skilled labor, and then housing. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's probably got a pretty good price. That tag was a on big
2: it. block of wood. The side of the ship was a big block of wood. They had to sit there and shape and
1: yeah. And... That's old school, man. That's before uh 3D printing and I don't know why they didn't use uh, like vacuum forming to form some of that stuff, but I don't, I don't know. That's crazy. That There's no expense.
0: Cool. That was cool.
1: Do they have anything else that caught your eye on there, Mr. E?
0: Yeah, do you want to hear yeah. about the Jurassic Park props?
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to, can we guess what they are? Because, okay, like, sure. I, I, I couldn't think what a prop even oh,
0: would be from
2: Jurassic Park. I do. am like, uh, what? The binoculars. So it's kind
0: of like a trick question. It's not, it's oh, not. Really oh, that's a
2: good one. The night, night vision not, uh, binoculars.
1: <laughs> I
0: was going to say his hat
2: for some reason. That guy's hat. The, 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 or the hunter, I guess, shotgun. Or like a sign
0: script. Or... Okay, so you ready? So. Yeah. Two of the other best lots are, as you know, from Jurassic Park. And they're called Dinosaur Input Devices, or DIDs for short. And what these are, are small dinosaur armatures that could be posed for stop motion animation. And also all all those
2: times they've showed certain scenes of certain dinosaurs. There was like some stop motion action with these characters.
0: Correct. So it says rather than being photographed themselves, though, the DIDs just sent their position data to the movie's CG models. Right, and that's how they put oh. the into or the dinosaurs into the movies and animating them.
2: Let's put this on Instagram. It basically looks like a metallic dinosaur, no skin, and it's. I'd almost describe this as you know the actor who played Golem, how he had to wear that suit that had all the dots on him. They almost created a figurine that had all the dots or something on them. I'm assuming to like, like you said, paint the digital picture on.
1: That is very cool looking.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs>
1: There are so many. What
2: if if Jurassic Park was those creatures (laughs) instead of like with the skin? It was just those creatures, like even the T Rex, these metallic ones.
1: Yeah, that'd be freaky deaky. I'll tell you that. We should just make Jurassic Park except robotic them. I know this is a podcast and we do pitch the Instagram a lot, but I think this one's definitely worth looking at (laughs) on the Instagram This one's sick. Uh, BTMT underscore podcast on Instagram.
0: So there's no current bid for that one, but. Those plan to their opening bid will start at twelve point five thousand dollars each. Okay, and that well, one only has lot. less value, they said, because it's not actually in the movie.
1: Yeah,
0: although all of its position data technically—that's hey, twelve
2: thousand starting thing. Like that's my million is not that far off now. I'm starting to realize, like twelve thousand starting off on that little tiny handheld thing.
1: Well, and then you we're think talking about-, about
2: eleven foot in Stromo, eleven foot in Stromo, <laughs> yeah. and not just a recreation. The one from the movie for the close-up shots. Four point five million. Fuck gifts. Yes. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> that was not a joke. That wasn't a
1: joke. I was serious. I'm just looking at your your judgment right now with buying the Nostromo, and you want to spend what uh, four or five times as much as it's worth? Uh, ten times, maybe? I don't know. I don't can't do the math. I'm but... just
2: saying, i just I know the world. I know I know stuff. I'm a, I'm a yacht captain now and <laughs> I know I know how much Nostromo costs.
1: Alright, well, I want to test your judgment with this one as well. So uh okay. you two, you work at a solar array farm. Okay, you guys are just wrenching on some uh solar panel okay. or okay. whatever, and you see a styrofoam box parachute down in your vicinity. Hmm. You walk over to it. And there's a note written on the side of it that says, NASA Atmospheric Research Instrument, not a bomb, underlined. <laughs> if found, please call, blah, 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 blah. If this lands near the president, we at NASA wish him a great round of golf. What do you do? By the way. First of all, The bomb, ba- uh, excuse me, not the bomb. The styrofoam <laughs> box is making a sound. Some weird sound.
2: Okay. That is a bomb, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bomb. It's exactly what a bomb would have written on it. This is not a bomb. <laughs> Please do not disarm me. <laughs> Please don't disarm me or tell anyone about me.
0: Um, so, yeah, freak out. Number one. What do you do, Mr. E? Uh, first of all, you got to Snapchat it and you got to post it. So, <laughs> you got to show everybody that you got it. Yeah, he's really right. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> yeah. You're thinking like immediately. Yeah, that's what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> um, What do you immediately do? I'd probably call the news first, just to get I'd some sort it. of uh, just to get some sort of fame on my, for myself. Wait, actually, are <laughs> me
2: and Mystery working together, like at the same field. Yeah, you guys are working at the oh same god, field. Sure. I'd be like, I Mystery, would- open it. Mystery, open that. What's in there?
0: He's like, I would no, for sure it. open it." If he told me yeah. that, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just open it. Oh my god! <laughs> What's
1: it look like? Is there a picture? Like, does it look like a bomb? That's my other question. Does it like, if you, if we open it, does it look cool or does it look like a bomb? Like, oh my god! <laughs> like, I didn't get to see the inside of it, but. Um, oh. I like how you guys don't want to call the number, because that was my thing too. If this is a bomb, and I call the number on the bomb, how do I know that number? That's the trigger. Yeah, well, oh my god! Yeah, that's the trigger. Or or it tells. Oh my god! The other person, like, okay, the bomb has been received. Let's blow it has up been now. Planted. You know what I mean? The like, bomb has been planted. <laughs> the bomb has been planted. So, uh, so what happened was, uh, by the way, this happened in South Brunswick, New Jersey.
2: I would actually, my word question is, would, it would all depend on the font on the word NASA.
1: There was no font. This was all handwritten and then taped to the side. Dude, fuck <laughs> this shit. <laughs> handwritten. I assumed a nice ta- like
2: type with a, I assumed there was a letterhead. Nope. Fuck, dude. No, this is, no, no. Na- you think NASA would hand like a Sharpie? Like, like, a- like NASA. backwards NASA. Like, fuck this shit, no, though. So you're not opening know. it
1: anymore?
0: No, not anymore. I, I I assumed it was, like, obviously NASA.
1: I'm still okay. opening
0: it. Okay. I'm going to be the dude from the mummy that opens the fucking coffin, dude. <laughs> That's
1: going to be me. Oh, dude, yeah, you're reading from the Book of the Dead. This hey, guy. While I'm still snapping it, by <laughs> the way.
0: You must not read from the book!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what the two workers there did, they called police, who then okay. set up a perimeter, called him Bomb Pretty Squad... Good. And then it got on, like, Secret Service radar, you know, so they're there as well. Sure and, no counterfeit
2: then, money's involved.
1: and then it turns out it was actually a NASA experiment. With a handwritten note. But what happened was some intern wrote the note on the side of it and <laughs> embellished, kind of being a little cheeky with the, this is not a bomb, and uh, hello, Mr. President, and all that shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot the president
2: where the word president already makes it like whoa.
1: Well dude, because when you say bomb and president in the same paragraph, you know (laughs) I actually kind of glossed over that
2: little bit of information, but that alone is like the reason it's a bomb (laughs) like, oh, this is the president please deliver, like Jesus Christ
1: Yeah, so this is actually one of six of these uh, balloons that were sent up and then parachuted down And this is the first confirmed? First confirmed, they actually found two of them. So, but, uh, okay. but I don't know how the second, one, second contact went, but uh, this one was uh, pretty pretty hairy as far as that Do goes. Do they all
2: have that same weird note
1: on it with the backwards S? I wasn't sure of that. You know, I was wondering the same thing, but uh, I think the other people just called the number. So they're on balloons, you said, right? I don't know. Okay, so that might have been a misnomer. I don't know. I did say balloons, but I imagine that's how they got them up there, and then the balloon just popped, and they parachuted down, or maybe they. Remember the last
2: podcast or one or two ago, we talked about the football stadium size balloon that NASA's going to use. Yeah, maybe they're testing their ballooning. Ooh, right now. Okay, that's like you know what I mean? They're really testing balloon technologies. So Look, you know, now, now that we know, now that we know it's not scary, it's interesting. But you know, if I was the worker there at the thing, I would. I would do, it.
1: but that is Hopefully so funny. It, it just it reminds me of like whenever mm. somebody calls you a name, like you're a liar, and like no, I'm not. Like how do you defend against that? Like this, I, this is not a bomb. You know, it's that same <laughs> principle. If you ever
0: want something to be accused of a bomb, just tell them it's not a bomb. I apparently, <laughs> yeah. and they'll bring it's out the bomb force and set up a perimeter. <laughs> I swear it's not a bomb. I told you the whole fucking. It's time. about a
2: Like if you're walking by a cop with a backpack, he's like, "Hey, you it, sir?" Like, "Hey, this ain't a bomb, by the way."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> cool man <laughs> gotta go like, okay go about your business you can go about your
1: business sir yeah so charges have not been filed against the uh actual nasa employee nor the intern so uh you know chalk this one up just uh whoops <laughs> <laughs> oopsies so the other day the fastest internet
2: speed ever ever was achieved
1: Okay, so I, I don't know much about internet. I think I have a 100 up, 100 down at my place.
2: I got 250
1: Oh, down and do you, like 10 up. You think you're better than me? The only thing I really... I am. The I only am. frame um, <laughs> of reference I really have as far as... I want as, you to know that. <laughs> I just remember having DSL back in the day and being super proud of it. Big you sucky lips? Yeah,
2: I know. I did, I, <laughs> I did. You
1: were, <laughs> we all talked about it. yeah. Okay,
2: <laughs> no, no. No, no, DSL is cable, internet, everyone.
1: Yeah, what and then there's T1 and T4. And if you were gaming on T1, T1, you were the shit.
2: Yeah, you're a god. Yeah. So you could be shitty at the game, but you had T1, so you were good, just because you were just had powers, basically.
1: So blow my mind with this new uh, internet speed. What, what, All right, I'll what try do you got?
2: Okay, so they set a new record for data transmission rates, logging an in incredible speed of 178 terabits per second. TBPS. <laughs> That's around a fifth faster than the previous record that was set by a team of people in Japan. And and, now, and it's actually roughly twice as fast as the best internet available today. Which is so 100.
0: I believe. Correct, correct.
2: Yes, it is. And what's cool about this technology is um, it can be added to existing optical fiber pipes relatively easily, according to the scientists of the project. So this is another one of those things like we can almost – if we use this technology to upgrade our current infrastructure, it's good maybe –
1: I had a yeah. conversation with uh, Maestro kind of about this the other day in that uh, sending the signal over fiber optic the way we do is the fastest we can do it. It travels at the speed of light, and right now we, don't, we can't harness anything that travels faster. So mm-hmm. um, his, his what he was trying to impress upon me is the idea that we can improve the technology at the ends of it. And okay. it sounds exactly like what you're talking about. We found a way to improve that uh signal interpretation, essentially. When we receive that signal.
2: I'm thinking, I don't like I said, I don't you know how we're we don't know anything about what we're talking about. We oh, just yeah. report the news as far as we know <laughs> nothing about it. <laughs> I don't know the news, but I'm here to report it. And so basically what this article impressed upon me was like, Yeah, there's like these cables of fiber optic shit, and like we could What it was was uh, to hit the speed. The team used a much wider range of wavelengths, the colors of light that are normally used in transmit data. So I don't know what that means. Like you know, you're saying you're using lights, but I guess they're using more wavelengths of that stuff. Okay. So the system used a bandwidth of 16.8 terahertz in a single fiber fiber core, which is four times the 4.5 terahertz that is used in most of the current network infrastructure. I'm sure my is listening right now. Like you guys are idiots. I hate <laughs> you. You're like talking about internet and cables. But I want to go back to the speed really quickly. said so I know more about the speed than like how it actually works. But what's cool about the speed is he's the uh, the article mentioned like a one 4K movie is about 15 gigabytes. So at in one second you can download 1500 of them. Wow. At, at these at these speeds. Or another example is you could download all of Netflix in one second. Wow. That's how fast is record is obviously so, you and i can't can't get these speeds yet and i'll just say have you know like in the u.s how we're actually throttling our speeds too like pretty much everywhere but the u.s they have like quadruple our speeds just naturally but i did because of all the yeah no all the internet companies have a monopoly pretty much and they purposely keep us our speed down we have like some of the slowest speeds internationally wow our friend remember grundle he has he has speeds of blow your mind
1: I uh, I always knew we were getting screwed on the cell phones. I didn't know about the internet.
2: No, we are. We're getting screwed on the internet too. So even though this uh, this record's awesome, I mean, I don't know. You know, who knows when it's actually going to be, you know, implemented in our end. Well, yeah. But so I have more cool. questions about that
1: than that. Like how um, it, these people that are making it. You know, what's their? Is it a university or is this like some sort of company that's actively investing in this technology? Because I mean, I know it's not Japan. Okay. No,
2: it's not Japan. <laughs> I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: This says right here, Japan did this. Here, I'll, I'll, But I, I'll give you some more information to give you more questions. So here's what the article says. So today's internet is built on optical fiber routes that use amplifiers to stop the light signals from degrading. So adding this new technology that we just talked about to the existing amplifiers, and then it says spaced around 25 to 62 miles apart we would need a fraction of the cost that would be needed to replace the actual fiber cable. So this is a way to almost like increase what we currently have in the infrastructure instead of ripping them all out, starting again with, you know, femtosecond cables
1: Uh
2: or whatever the hell we have type of deal. So this is actually a way to increase what we already have. And like I said before, to hit the speed, the team used a much wider range of wavelengths, color of light, than are are normally used to transmit the data.
1: That's very cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I always like I mean, yeah, yeah. the next steps of the internet because it's such a boundless thing. Like how do you improve upon it and making it faster is one of those things. The idea
2: things. of downloading Netflix in a second is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Dude, but my I mean, PUBG game would have
2: to improve if I had this internet, right? Like I'd be freaking walking circles around people with their ping. My ping would be nothing.
1: but that It'd be might, zero. But so would you still be throttled based on uh, – The idea that your well, your Cat five cable leading to your tower of your computer because you have a gaming computer, so it was important to you to hardline in by
2: by the physical limits. Yeah, you'd
1: be. I think you'd still be limited to whatever that can support.
2: For sure, no. This article did mention that like the one hundred seventy eight TBPS, which is a terabytes per second, is pushing the theoretical limits of what a data transfer network can take, especially probably currently. Versus, you know, I'm sure. We're probably two of us away from a femtosecond cable line <laughs> that, will, that will, you know, quadruple this number. But with our current infrastructure, it sounds like, you know, that's the fastest shit we're getting pretty, you know, as of now.
1: That's still very and That's cool. all
2: theoretical. You and I are not getting that, you know.
1: I love it. So speaking of underwater, I got a story here. I think our favorite super animal is back in the news.
2: Our favorite super animal, which would be the... The whale, whale shark?
1: Uh, that's a that's a nice guess, but you're right. It is underwater. I did give you that clue, uh, Mr. E. You got any guesses? Uh, I love a
0: super animal. Super animal. Uh, platypus. I don't
1: know. Oh, okay. I like that one, too. <laughs>
0: no, almost said, that's the other one I almost said. That's funny.
1: I'm talking about the mantis shrimp.
0: Oh. oh. So
1: as we know, the mantis shrimp has eyes that can see something like 28 colors. And back in time... It has a uh, claw that creates an explosion underwater. and yeah, like
2: a speed of sound thing or something, or like uh-huh. how it, it kills people.
1: It also has a singing voice that would put Max's to shame.
2: I just appreciate you think I have a good singing voice.
1: Oh, I've heard you in the shower, bro. You got good stuff. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that was you? I knew it. Hey, your vents are really easy to access. So, um, I know. I saw some eyeballs. So focusing on the supersonic claw, uh, researchers from the University of California, Irvine wanted to know how the mantis shrimp could punch at 23 meters a second or 75 feet a second without the impact, like, shattering the claw. Uh, so, yeah, using an electromicroscope, they discovered that an impact-resistant nanoparticle coating uh, existed all around the claw.
0: Nanoparticle.
1: Nanoparticle coating. So what they discovered from this coating was at low impacts uh the coating would deform and then bounce back so okay. much like a like a marshmallow they likened it to you know just kind of deform and bounce back to its original shape but okay. with high impact velocities the material would break into segments which helped neutralize and dispel the uh impact energy force. yeah the huh. force and so, what they're saying is the structure there is better than some of our man-made materials. In fact, most of our man-made materials.
2: The nanoparticles.
1: Yeah, the structure coding. of this nanoparticle uh, coating. There's some minerals. You know, I I didn't write down the uh, exact elements this sure. thing comprised of, but it was just yeah. They the, said the structure of it was what really helped it, um, you know, take the impact. Uh, at first without breaking and then move into the higher it it reminds me of cornstarch and water <laughs> I was, Except, you know it's like, funny you, you,
2: get out of my mind there was some like type of <laughs> I was going to say isn't there a thing where if you like slowly put your hand in that material it goes in but if you get it fast it just gets solid yes and you can't
1: okay but it'd be yeah. like the opposite and, uh, reaction the opposite oh I see what you're saying
2: uh, there was some other material we we talked about where it would the, the it would take a force and then the fact that it would just dispel the fracturing like across a big area would almost help keep the force away from the person or something. I'm, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was the spider, the spider web armor. So, or What was it? I can't remember. Uh, I just remember there was some other technology we talked about, like the same basically the same idea of if of, if you have a vest on and someone shoots you. Instead of taking all the pressure into your heart or your chest and stuff, this armor would spell and shatter and break and, and spread the damage to the point that it actually would. We, I know we talked about it, but no, we, we already mean, have like.
1: You know, you're tickling my memory we... bone, but nothing's coming out.
2: This is why we uh, uh, join the Discord, uh, the Better Than Most <sighs> thing Discord. This is when we need you, the super fans, to go, that was episode 10, you idiot. Yes. We talked about the goat milk. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, yeah, what they want to do is, you know, learn from this and then harness it and use it in our uh, production stuff. Yeah. Use it across all sorts well, of things. I know that
2: shrimp is that shrimp has been on everyone's radar for a while because that's the same shrimp that sees like a bajillion colors, right? Yes. Way more than, yeah, than any other human can see. So it just sees the whole universe well, practically.
1: you and I see three colors. We see three colors and then they blend together and we see uh, our what we know as the rainbow of colors. A mantis shrimp's eyes are able to process. Boy, I, I have thirteen here, but I think it's like twenty-eight or something. Different colors. They have twenty-eight different color cells in their eyes, so they're seeing colors that we can't even imagine. That blows my mind.
2: That that blows my mind too. i like, how do you describe red to a blind person? So now it's like the shrimp's like, have you ever seen shred? It's like red and <laughs>
1: and shaded yellow it's called shred. There was a what? joke from Futurama a long time ago when uh, Fry is walking down the street and he saw um, he saw something in the sky that was so beautiful and radiant and displayed every color in the rainbow plus some he had never seen before. And then uh, he was telling this to his coworkers and they just laughed at him like, "Oh yeah, that's a uh, Gary's uh, sign. A teenager wears that to uh, to advertise for business." But point being, like. <laughs> <laughs> like it for, for people who understand what it is, who have seen it before, it's nothing. But for someone like us who can't even wrap our heads around it, like that's amazing.
2: Yeah. I don't think a new color was invented or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's when they invented something else.
2: So you've all seen Back to the Future, right?
1: Of I course. think.
2: So by now, we should be having flying cars, right? It says 2015 is when we have the Flying DeLorean and flying all sorts of stuff. Uh huh. So where are they, bro? They're called helicopters. No, no, they're not. They're called personal flying vehicles. And uh, uh, there's a new company now that's maybe on the edge of possibly creating these things. It's called Japan SkyDrive Incorporated. And it's carried out a successful test test flight with one person on board. A personal flying little do, doohickey, I'm going to call it. A doohickey. Okay. So I'm going to send you guys a video. And I want you guys to watch it. And then we'll come back a little longer than a few minutes later. Okay, so you guys just saw the uh, the flying little vehicle that just got us a successful test. What do you guys think as far as the description? How would you describe it to the audience? Well, <laughs> let's give it a shot.
1: It looked like um, it looked like a SeaDoo, not res- like a like a like a Formula One like jet- kind of thing. Jet- like you sit in it and you got a yeah, but I mean, like it looked very streamlined, like a jet ski. But it's just it's a little cockpit. And uh, on four sides are, um, on each corner is a set of propellers, two each. And it uh, looks like someone's sitting between four blenders to me.
2: Well, that's a, I think that's a pretty good description. As the <laughs> article also describes it too, it's like the aircraft is the one seat and operates with eight motors and two propellers on each corner. And in our video we watched, it actually lifted about 10 feet into the air and was operated by a pilot. I kind of like the idea. It was like a motorcycle with helicopter, like, propellers on every corner of the helicopter or maybe a jet ski or something like that
1: yeah but you're not really straddling it you're sitting in it like a formula one
2: true you're not on top of it yeah that's a good way to put it yeah
1: you're definitely in that cockpit i i mean fun that's awesome i uh call me when that thing circles a city or gets from point a to point b
2: yeah there's still a lot of yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> this is. Yeah. I know. Like. So this is. A I feel flying like we've car seen this thing, before. But, yeah. Uh, like. They even said like of the world's more than a hundred flying car projects, only a handful have succeeded with a person on board. So that's already is uh. kind of a big deal for this company because like, hey, we have a man on board doing this thing. So ha ha ha, type of deal. And th- they're calling this an electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle, or eVTOL. And it's a quick point-to-point personal travel-like vehicle. And so far, they say the machine can fly for just about 5 to 10 minutes. So that's not that good.
1: Well, I mean, that's always the but problem, the guys, is like yeah, drones yeah. and whatnot. You need the battery life to sustain long flight, and uh, that's always been an issue.
2: For sure. No, for sure. But the the older guy, he's saying, he's saying like, If that if that time could be maybe 30 minutes, he's like, then we have way more potential to actually make this a viable product. So he's kind of hoping, like, if this trend continues, which it
1: always will. Right. So shit in one hand, hope in the other. Of course. Yeah. I know. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) once we invent the arc reactor, everything will be great. (laughs) I know. So once we just get unlimited power. This thing's gonna fucking be okay. I mean, isn't that the solution to everything right now? Is God, we just need more power. If we had unlimited power, we could teleport people, reach absolute zero. Oh yeah, time travel. Like, like, oh, we just
2: need the power, but we know how to time travel. It's like, okay, yeah, you do for sure. Uh, but the, I, I like the idea of the of, of these little personal crafts because I guess in the future this could be you know something we maybe when we're both seventy five we have this little personal air drone thing like take me to the supermarket just like flies us there. It flies us back, but there's a lot of things that would have to go into having flying cars, too, because, again, in Back to the Future World 2015, it was – everyone had them, and there was, like, skyways and that were just, like, highways. Uh, I remember even Doc said the skyway was jammed. I got there late. So I guess – yeah, so uh, I like what the article said. It's like, so battery sizes, air traffic control, and other infrastructure issues are among the many potential challenges to commercializing uh, this for you know this project and i also like what he said too at end he goes, he goes if they cost 10 million no one's gonna buy them if they fly for five minutes no one's gonna buy them <laughs> if they fall out of the sky every so often no one's gonna buy them <laughs> there's like more so there's like more work is needed so so even though that was a proof of concept that's that's pretty much all it is right now but i i thought it was really cool though the little thing like flying around the little tennis court
1: it's like the flying car it's a first flying car i don't yeah okay you're right it is a flying car but you've seen these things before it's just it's a drone with a person in it it's a big drone that's
2: what they're gonna be that's what flying cars are gonna be in the future you're not gonna need wheels and stuff it's gonna be a like they should start calling them they should probably stop calling them cars well they should call them electric vehicle takeoff and landing vehicles
1: well that's the thing i mean like really a helicopter can be a flying car to certain people. Certain people can afford to buy a helicopter and use it to get around the city. That being said, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think what makes it a car is the idea that you can drive it afterwards, right? You can use it on land. Isn't yeah, that? This isn't, is more. This, this is, just, is definitely a transport. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think the, you need you need that one that one car from back in the day that uh, could fold up its wings, much like your um, imperial the James shuttle, the James Bond car. Well, yeah, this one would be. I think they actually developed one that flew and drove as well. It, its wings folded up, uh, forming like a triangle for the for the vehicle, and it would drive around.
2: That sounds like a death threat.
1: <laughs> I, like,
2: I like the propeller system. I think the propeller system is great. Like, if if you're using wings to fly around, you're fucked. I think in a personal craft, Okay, In all the Kennedys, they die. They're all little like everyone dies, man. Like drones, you need the, you need propellers. It's because no one's flown in a drone yet. Give it time. I know. I, I trust the new shit. The old shit just everyone freaking disappears with those wings. Fuck the wings.
1: I bet I know who will invent the next flying car. Who? A Mister Tesla.
2: Tesla 2?
1: No. Tesla 2. No. So, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Musk. That's, God, Musk. <laughs> Fuck. Tesla, huh? Tesla's going to do it. My bad. Mm-hmm. It's been a long episode. Or Elon. or Elon Musk. Either way. So recently he un- uh, unveiled a pig named Gertrude that has a coin-sized chip in her brain. Did you hear about this? No. That's a big chip. So years ago he uh announced that he was working on something called Neuralink and I should say invested in something called Neuralink and what it is is uh, computer chips for the brain to help with Alzheimer's and uh other neurological issues like memory loss or uh schizophrenia or blah blah blah. Yeah. And so uh their progress that he announced recently is that um he let me see here um Oh, that that coin-sized chip was installed in the uh, area of her brain that controls the snout. And so when they gave her an apple and she ate the apple, they were able to pick up on signals from the brain that corresponded to what was happening there.
2: Eating apples.
1: Yeah, and so it's a small step. But uh, I think it's kind of a fun step in a very interesting direction here.
2: That's big, in my opinion. Like, even a penny-sized thing is big for something in the brain like that's brains there's not a lot of room in brains
1: well and that's what other scientists were talking about too they were impressed by the uh, size and abilities of it because it's wireless and whatnot but they cautioned that we have a long way to go before elon musk's full bond villain potential can be realized shit.
2: <laughs> his pig army so here's like, how go
1: go forth here's how i see it going down the first wave is his internet satellites starlink Disrupting communication on Earth. You know, a lot of yes, DNS dear. attacks to towers and, you know, signals. Next. A fire sale. A fire sale. <laughs> Next. Uh, every Tesla will receive a signal to remote pilot itself oh, no. to an intersection or a uh, bottleneck on a street to disrupt traffic.
0: Jesus And Christ. then third.
1: <laughs> <is what> he <laughs> will activate the chips in people's heads to form a zombie army armed with his flamethrowers. Oh, damn. And then they will be sent out to gather more recruits to be assimilated into his zombie army.
2: To install the chips.
1: Yeah, yeah. But if everything goes wrong, he'll probably use an escape tunnel that he's already built across the U.S. using his boring company. (laughs)
2: His boring company?
1: Oh, yeah, dude. He's digging tunnels. He is, for real? For real, yeah. This is how he developed um, a prototype for the hyperlink. he got tunnels? He has his own personal tunnels, bro? I think we did this story on episode one or so. It was about um, uh, Elon Musk's hyperlink and how it, it's like a faster subway. It's a faster train because you depressurize everything and vacuum it. It's much like your, uh, your suction tube at Banks or uh, in like Home Depot. Oh, jeez, Louise. But either way, the British, that, but dude, yeah, the British wow, has government to has too much power now. Yeah, no, the British government will put a stop to it long before it gets to any of those. But
2: yeah, 007 through 10 <laughs> will definitely take him out if we have to.
1: I can't think of anyone that's more Bond villain than Elon Musk. He, he has the vibe, he dresses like it. Have you seen his girlfriend? Yeah, she's
2: like dark haired and villainous. She looks like she'd like those knives and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: very Bellatrix Lestrange, that one.
2: Yeah, no, she's like the first, like, she's like the second to last boss before you get to Elon Musk. She's like, you have <laughs> to defeat her. And then it's like, you've come to, you've made it this far. You must have defeated Corella, And then they start having their battles and shit.
1: Exactly. Uh, there was a picture of his mom, too. She looked like a supervillain the way she was dressed. I don't. <laughs> oh, really? So that's yeah. blood. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. I just want you all to know that I appreciate y'all listen, listening. I know, uh, Tom Hanks is a big fan of ours. Um, Who else was it? uh, What was it? uh, Rita Perlman? Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. And Danny DeVito. Yeah, the whole (laughs) couple. They love us. So I'm just saying shout out to them. Thanks for all that love on Instagram he gave us. And um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. All
1: right. Well, thank you for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Please keep in mind we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed here, we encourage you to research them for yourself. Let us know if we miss anything.
2: And as always, submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter, Instagram, at btmt underscore
0: podcast, and please rate subscribe on your podcast app.